BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, no, no. Here's no. to the ladies who lunch. Don't make me Everybody mean. laugh. Lounging in their caftans and planning a brunch on their own behalf. Okay, but what you wow. can't see is that I'm imitating Lily Reinhardt's faces during this number. <laughs> and Lily Reinhardt has what? never looked so horrified. Even when she was like catching serial killers, Lily, Be- Betty slash Lily Reinhardt watching Veronica sing Ladies Who Lunch is the most scared she's ever been. I especially, it's just, it was so shoehorned into this episode all of a sudden, out of nowhere. Veronica doesn't want to be a nobody in Riverdale anymore. She wants to go back to being the she-wolf of Wall Street. I will say, not to be an armchair Riverdale psychologist, (laughs) I would say maybe you should get to know yourself, Veronica. Maybe it's just because you don't have a boyfriend right now, but maybe that means you should look inward and work on yourself. But... Instead, why doesn't she just get hammered and sing Ladies Who Lunch? At someone's wedding. At someone's wedding! (laughs) Thus horrifying the entire town of Riverdale. Like, I texted Jackie during this number because I was like, this is so awkward, I I wish I was dead. And like, (laughs) obviously, the thing about Riverdale, and I said this to Jackie before we started recording, but I'm going to say it again. The thing about Riverdale is that when their musical numbers land, it does not matter how dropped in from nowhere they are. Like, there are so many episodes of Riverdale where there is a musical number and it's a not a musical episode. You had no idea a musical number was coming. It makes no sense why it happened. But if it was a good song, a la Toxic, a couple weeks yes. ago. Yes, we allow it. We Not only we allow it, we endorse it. We love it. We yes, feel good. We sanction it. We sanction it. And... This episode had two musical numbers in an otherwise non-musical episode that just made, you know, to put a musical number in a non-musical episode when they make no sense, when the song makes no sense in connection to the plot, where they're poorly executed, where in this case, the point of the song is that it's supposed to be really inappropriate for the context and everyone is uncomfortable. Which she did. That is what happened. In, in that sense, it was well done, but it was one of those things where it's just like, why are you doing this to us? Why are you watching us? 
But why are you making us all go through this miserable experience of watching like a sad, <laughs> lonely person embarrass themselves at a wedding in front of all their friends? Which really everything that you're saying now, I kind of get it <laughs> because <laughs> I do like watching Veronica fall on her face. Yes. I will say yeah. that. She's, because, you know, she was in company at Bonnet. So when she said that afterwards, I was like, shut up, Veronica. I just had to bring in a little bit of Sondheim. Oh, oh we God. get it. Shut up, Veronica. Yeah, I was in company at Barnard was the only thing that could make me more unhappy than the musical number itself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I this the there the plagues, y'all. We finally made it to the plagues. The plagues have come to Riverdale. Can I just say, all right, if we had been sidelined, like, or just like just smashed in the face with the fact that this is all playing out like the Bible, right? Right. I think that this would be so Riverdale and I would love it. Totally. Edit yourself, Riverdale. Yes. There's been, it's been such a slog yes. to get to this point. And where with now so many zigs and zags. Yes, totally. Yes. If you had just made like a tight, <laughs> you know, in and out with the plagues. In and out. It's it's a it the whole if this whole season, you know, the way that we can be like season four, cult. You know, season two, also cult. Season one, serial killer, or whatever. Like the way that you could summarize the theme of each season. If we could if this season could just be like season whatever we are, uh you know, the theme is it's a it's the Bible. Like you would be like, wait, what? Why? But fine. You know, but this season it's like, no, it's not just the Bible. It's also a serial killer and it's also familial. Well, not anymore. Whatever. TBK's dead. We finally put the kibosh on that. But then this is the problem is now we're left with Percival and I hate Percival and not in the way that I should. Yes. Right. We're left with Percival. We got no closure on TBK. We didn't find out who he was. Right. Like. No! Like, zero. And so, right, now we're left with Percival, who is the most, this is, it, maybe this is the biggest, I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's really hitting me that the biggest problem with this season of Riverdale is that the new characters just suck ass in every way. Every ass. Every single ass they suck. <laughs> I hate all of the new characters. Yes, it is official. I hate Heather. I didn't realize I officially I hate hated Heather, Heather until this week, but it's official. I fucking hate her. And I fucking I hate, hate Percival. Her. Zero redeeming things about Percival's character. Zero. Because what's going on with Percival this week, of course, so he's finally putting the plagues on. I have the plagues pulled up. <laughs> yes, it was uh, turning the water into blood. And yes, Riverdale, like the river that the sweet water river turned to blood. And everyone's like, oh, OK. And then there <laughs> were frogs. And then all the kids got lice. They did the things. They've gone through all of them. Now, he... <sighs> I they, he really comes fast with them. Now I'm not familiar with the Bible, so I don't know. Do these things all happen in one day? Is that the problem? Is that the big problem here? <laughs> my only knowledge of the plagues is from like satyrs, and my my Gideon's family does the thirty minute satyr, so we really go through the plagues quite quickly. And so in oh, the wow. in the story of the satyr, it's like, and then he brought all these plagues and yada yada yada. Like that's the thirty minute satyr. So I don't know exactly the succession, but I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty like set them up, knock them down. That they happened like one after the other because the idea Man, was that gotta you, be rough. God really wanted to fuck with them. Ugh, you know? It's like, take a breather. <laughs> I think God needs a vacay, baby. <laughs> and so does Percival. Percival needs to get 
laid. Like, Percival needs something that's not just this town that he's mining and that he's doing the ghost train with. There's a lot going on with Percival. But at the same time, Tony and Fangs decide to get married, right? They're, they're like, I'm going to get married right now. I am so mad because you know what is a bitchy move? Tony asks Cheryl to officiate the wedding. I know. I think that sucks. I know. I know. And and not even remotely the most logical choice within the logic of Riverdale. Like yeah. every, within the logic of Riverdale, Cheryl is a is an absolutely loose cannon yes. who like ruins everything that she can on purpose. So why yes. would Tony choose Cheryl, who she's like not even cool with? And I like that in Riverdale, everybody forgives each other very quickly, a la Tony and Fangs forgiving Kevin like today, just so I yes. think he could do that musical number. So he could come to their wedding, despite him trying to literally steal their baby. I'm sorry, if you ever engage me in a custody battle, you will not be invited to my wedding. I will yes. not forgive you in the course of like 20 minutes. No! But Tony invites Cheryl to be the officiate, and it's like, within the world of Riverdale, and the logic of Riverdale, I feel like the honestly the most logical person would be Veronica Archie. or Archie. Or, yeah. Right. Because Veronica, because she's like the hostess with the mostest and Archie, because everybody loves him despite the fact that everybody also hates right. him. Right. Now, Cheryl, I will say shows up in a banging serpents outfit <laughs> and they are definitely, man, we immediately got wedding ideas. Their cake, <laughs> they have this big black cake with two snakes intertwined to the top of it. And then their altar also was like all made out of snakes. It was like, <laughs> I want that. I want that, and I want Henry to dress just like Cheryl. I want Henry to wear a cropped red leather serpent's jacket. I want him to wear bedazzled pants. He doesn't know this yet, but I will be telling him this very, very soon. <laughs> he'll be, he'll do it. Uh, he'll do it. He'll definitely do it, because you know what's going to solve all of their problems? Them getting married. I think this is really going to really solve, like, Fang's, bringing a bunch of guns into the house and, you know, everything going on. That Weren't they getting married in the first place because of the custody battle? But then Kevin's like, actually, custody, no custody. You can just have the baby. Totally. Which was weird in and of itself. Totally. And also the fact that the entire kind of premise of this episode is that they're like, you know what? Yes, we are literally under, uh, like, biblical attack from, like, a wrathful god, in the form of Percival Pickens, but like even love continues in the time of war. Let's do the wedding anyway. And I was like thinking like, you know, yes, like love and life continues in wartime as they keep referring to it. But wouldn't it be? <laughs> they did refer to it as wartime multiple times. Multiple times. But like, wouldn't it be logical to be like, Let's not have a huge gathering of everyone in town, thus putting a giant murder target on everyone's back just to like be like, well, our love persists even in the time of war. Like, wait until the biblical war is over, Tony and Fangs yeah. and Veronica, who has been tasked with 
finding a date for their wedding. Yes, and also, of course, it's going to be at the Babylonium because they are just as classy as the Babylonium is. Because now Veronica is their wedding planner, which is which is part of the reason why she gets drunk and she sings Ladies Who Lunch because she boo-hoo. I don't, for three seconds, I don't have a boyfriend. Boo-hoo, everybody should feel bad for me. Boo-hoo, which, you I know what, I doubt. Yeah. I, yes, I don't, like, you're the, the, the widow with the to- where's your toxic where's that happening oh, uh, yeah. wasn't she just toxic yeah 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 and she decided like oh I can't kiss anybody for the whole rest of my life I guess I'll kiss Archie I also just realized have they just dropped murder vision they've yes. dropped Archie being forged out of palladium yep. yeah because while all this is going on and what they really think that Percival wants and I guess he is the things that Percival wants and why he's putting the plagues on the town. Number one, he wants baby Anthony, and he still wants that. I guess baby Anthony's like the the second coming. Or at this point, what are we, a third, fourth coming? I don't know how many have come. <laughs> and then there's the, uh, that he also wants to build this ghost train. So we go back to the union workers' rights during this as well. Good. So glad that we're still on this about how, like, Archie's like, I can't, I can't make them go work for Percival. I'm like, why are we still talking about this? I know. Why are we still talking it's about the, this? It's the most boring storyline that Riverdale has ever maintained this long. And I say this as someone who is intensely invested in union, like, building in real yes, life. Yes, in real life, yes. <laughs> like, I follow union stories pretty closely, and I will say that this union fucking story in Riverdale sucks shit. It is so boring. It's the same... Riverdale has two modes. Same story every single week. Nothing changing. No stakes changing at all. That's the union story. Every week, it's like, oh, Percival's messing with us. No, but we gotta keep going. Or their other mode... Besides the same story every week is totally different story every week. Zero continuity whatsoever, as we just established with the superpowers, which now appear to be gone. I guess, or they'll come back when they're needed. Right. Because, like, Archie calls up Percival on the phone and is like, hey, man, you better stop with all these plagues. <laughs> and then Percival's like, no, I keep going with the plagues. And Archie's so like, oh, man. Oh, I really thought that would go to work if I just called him and said, hey, man, stop. But he doesn't. He keeps going with the plagues. And all of the frogs are leaving all of their tanks. It's very scary. I'm sure that it's more than just the frogs leaving the tanks. But (laughs) at this point, that is what it seems like. So they get together while all this is happening. They get together at Pops and they're like, we need to get rid of Percival. We need to figure this out. And Cheryl wants to just burn him alive because she's got pyrokinesis. Yeah. And Archie was like, no, 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 we can't because then, like, the battle between good and evil already have been lost, which, okay, fine. Don't we got to stop the guy that's doing the plagues? Okay, fine. But I didn't understand that either. Like, the battle between good and evil have already been lost. What do you mean? Like, what does... I don't know. Literally, what does that mean? I was about to say, like... Because then they're stooping to his level, but I thought that's what he they're meant. They're all like, is murderers. It, is it a moral calculation? Like, oh well, if the bat the battle of good and evil would be lost because we would have become evil. Fuck off, Archie. This is the whole like, oh, you can't fight back against fascists because you'll stoop to their level. No, fight back. He's the fucking we have to devil. Fight. 
We have to fight. We kill him. Kill him. <laughs> kill him. Do something. Use Cheryl's firepower to kill him. Except, and you all are superheroes. And you're all figure yeah, this out. Do something. Like it's not evil to stop a fucking mass murderer. No, but Archie. you know, Archie. He says Percival's trying to divide the town. Tony and Fangs will help bring it together. That's why the power of love, a big dangerous wedding where everybody's together and something terrible can happen to all of them all together. Maybe they should all get fucking naked and use the Care Bear stare. (laughs) It sounds like they need to all hold hands after they've all kissed and then they do the Care Bear stare and maybe Percival will just vanish into evil dust. But that's not what we get. What do Cheryl and Heather decide (laughs) to do? They decide to conjure up a spell. They're going to use a spell to do it. And I say it like this, and I love witchy shit. But I dislike Heather. Yeah. I don't trust her, and I don't like her. My expectations have never been so wrong. I expected to love Heather. A gay witch? Librarian? I know. Yes, yes, and yes. all these things. Yeah. No, but it's she's terrible. She just has, again, no charisma with Cheryl. And Cheryl is None. the most dynamic person, actor, and character in the cast. Like Man, hands I am such a type. Between Cheryl and Wow, I think it really goes to show <laughs> what my type is. And um, it's just being mean to me. Just a and, chaotic, uh, <laughs> mean bitch. <laughs> Who's hot. Yes. Who's hot. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll love you anyway. You can do whatever you want to me. I, I love you. <laughs> um, like a little puppy, puppy, puppy. I've got <laughs> problems. <laughs> I'm in love with Cheryl. And then that's what I'm like. How could you like be with Heather and then be the efficient of this wedding of like hot as shit TT and thinking about all the kisses they used to share. And I'm just like, how could you do this? And then you go home to Heather. I know. Sorry, Heather. I just can't. <laughs> I can't with Heather. So they put on a, like, they're going to do a spell. But Percival, he reverses the spell and it goes back against them and sets Nana Rose <laughs> on fire. That scene was really scary. I do not like seeing shows where someone's on fire, and I feel like it happens no. a lot, and I don't like it. Especially with, like, I know that, like, I love Riverdale's CGI because the flames are really bad, but and yet still, watching an elderly woman in a wheelchair being set on fire for her to burn to death is very upsetting to watch. Very upsetting, especially when she too is one of the most dynamic and interesting characters and actors in the cast. Yes, I'm very, well, we're not going to get to it yet. So what ends up happening, Nero survives. So they all get Somehow, together at Thornhill. Despite I being don't know, how did she survive? Completely engulfed in flames for what must I, and have been quite so a while. And she's so old. Yeah. I don't understand how she survived. So that's when they finally, this is when they finally realize, oh, it's the plagues that he's doing, which all the water turned to blood. What are you talking? What are you talking about, guys? Well, he's talking about the battle between good and evil. There's angels in Riverdale. He's building a ghost train. Yeah, it's plagues, you idiot. Oh, that reminds me of my favorite, one of my favorite exchanges in this episode, which is when Betty goes to work at her FBI office and she asks her, some assistant oh who's my not God. Drake. She's like, not Drake. Get me any literature you can get me on biblical plagues. And the assistant is like, interesting. I didn't know you were a religious person. 
that he's like, I'm not. It's for work. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, in what world That's would a fucking religious person show up to their work at the FBI <laughs> and tell their assistant, like, find me anything you can on the plagues. It's I for my personal religion. <laughs> I love that you brought this up because this was the point. There's usually at least one point where Jeff has to pause the episode for him to rant. And that was the moment that really? like, why would she ask that at work? That's so like, why? Oh, she'd be like, hey, have you ever heard of something called a bibble? Beebles? <laughs> I like God. Beebles? You have beebles? She <laughs> also, Betty, look it up your own damn self. What I know. are you talking about? It's like, again, I've, as a person who grew up completely with zero religion and has been to satyrs since marrying into uh you know judaism i know the plagues like you can look there's it's not that hard it's like one story about plagues maybe there's other plagues you can look up to. this is something that betty can just google herself like you don't need i to- mean i looked up plagues bible and <laughs> the, the 10 plagues came up that's it's it that's quite literally easy. All i have to do yeah um to, remo- to remind me about the plagues because i don't remember what happened in the episode i barely can keep all of this stuff together so i can't remember the plagues on top of it i mean the bla- and and you know, the the depiction of the plagues in this episode is pretty good. The plagues are one of those things where they're pretty scary when you think about it. And the scene where everybody gets boils is pretty terrifying. Very upsetting because so this is a it's one more back and forth after Nana Rose where Archie's like, come on, Percival, <laughs> stop doing the plagues. And Percival's like, I want my ghost train. Also that you know that there's 10. So when he's done like three, Archie's like, they'll probably stop soon. And it's like, you guys, <laughs> no. look it up. There's 10. ten he's of going to do all so 10. what does Archie decide that he's going to end up doing uh, is, which I, I forget that like baby Anthony is supposed to be the second coming because they're weirdly doing a lot of like, Jesus things with Archie, which I don't know if you noticed, mm. because I, so there's a, there are two different slow motion scenes of Archie shirtless, covered in dirt, making the railway by himself, holding a big plank of wood on his back, wow. a la Christ on the cross. I'm embarrassed to say that I totally didn't catch the Christ imagery there, but you're I'm assuming totally right. that's what it was, right? Gotta be. Yeah, he's shirtless with his arms on a cross. And like up, draped up over it, holding it and like it. And maybe again, Sometimes we give Riverdale too much yeah. of what they're going for, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But in, uh, and wouldn't it just be like Riverdale to be like, yeah, we're gonna do some Jesus imagery? Yeah, sure, yeah, take Archie's a shirt Jesus, off. Yeah, yeah. Baby Anthony's also Jesus. Yeah, make it work <laughs> on a railroad. What else? A couple of Jesuses. <laughs> act as if the ten plagues are completely difficult to find out about. Like whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, he's uh, he's like a he's like a Jesus character. Two guy. Jesuses <laughs> because of what pushes them over the edge. Is the boils on? Because what do uh, Riverdale? There's just some, <laughs> like I don't know how a plague gets conjured. Like I don't know what you do to make a plague happen. Because I don't know. I don't know how to do one. But I don't think it is taking GI Joes and putting them into boiling water, which is what Percival did to start the boils part of the plagues. And so all of the workers got were covered in boils, which is why Archie gave himself up like Jesus to go and build the ghost railway 
on his own and Percival and then like he's like but Percival you have to stop with those plagues why would he think that he's gonna listen to him right so now Archie's building these go this ghost train and Percival's like I'm not going to stop the plagues <laughs> of course he's not it, it, and it, it, it I wish I wish either of us knew shit about the Bible because my understanding of the plagues was that they weren't like a it's not like the same as like witch magic. <laughs> like it's not I mean, right. The God sent the plagues like as a message, as punishment for Pharaoh refusing to set the Israelites free. Like, oh. like the plagues were to punish Pharaoh. But then he punished everybody. That sucks. Yeah, he punished. He punished all the like the. Yeah, he punished everybody. It was collective punishment. <laughs> Wait a second. That's not right. But not Wait the a second. I think, that's not what you're supposed to do. I've got a problem with the Bible. <laughs> that was not nice, guy. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit? Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side. I don't think he public. I, I, I should again know this, but like he, I don't. We don't think he know. Let's let's preface it here. We don't. Know. We are speaking out of our asses, and, and that's and okay. Probably so many people listening do know because they probably grew up. Please going to tell church us because most people did, but like, or many people did, but like, I, I, I you know, the my what I remember from the seder is that. Uh, you know, Pharaoh was being all fucked up, keeping the the Israelites enslaved, and God was like, "Set them free." 
Um, and Pharaoh was like, no, they're my slaves. And God was like, I said, set them free or else rain plagues on you. And Pharaoh was like, no, they're my slaves. I'm not going to set them free. And then God was like, okay, then I'm going to send 10 plagues on you. So I don't think that they were, I don't think that the plagues affected the Israelites who were the slaves who needed to be free. I think they just punished everybody else who was like in society Mm. who was benefiting from the slaves. Okay, that's better. I'll allow it. You know, but it is still fucked up to kill all the babies. It's the person at the top that makes the decisions, though. Yeah. Really, you should just be going after him. Right. But, you know. We don't need to get into a morals conversation, <laughs> I guess. But like, it is strange to have the plagues then in this episode, they're basically functioning like spells that Percival, and it, it would help if we knew what is the symbolism of Percival. Is he maybe God? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's a witch or maybe he is like a warlock, I mean. Right, because in this episode, he seems kind of like a warlock because he keeps doing these spells. But like, what is, what do, Warlocks and witches really have to do with like God and the devil. Like, are, are I think it depends on what your perspective is. Uh huh. I think I think it depends on how you feel about it, right? I mean, you know, necromancy and there's all that kind of like. I guess it really just depends on how you're looking at what's going down. Uh-huh. I can't speak for the Bible, yeah, but I can speak for Riverdale making just some leaps and bounds when it comes to whatever magic Percival is using because during all of this. Betty finally goes to Kevin. It's like, hey, Kevin, you've been really fucking us over. And he's all like, yeah, I'm sorry. Can I be on your guys' team again? And they're like, okay. Because, you know, he was husky. He was and husky. And so we have to remember he was husky. He's insecure. And so he's allowed to just be an absolute asshole for the rest of his life. So he's life. a flip-flopper. He's yeah. a flip-flopper back on the good side. How could you trust him? I don't know. I know. I certainly wouldn't. But he's turned back against Percival. And he's like, look, Betty, Percival, he's preparing this war and he's got this journal and I'm going to steal it for you. And he just picked up all of these like, you know, like you do actual biblical forms of weaponry and torture (laughs) that, you know, you can just because he's got a curio shop. So he's able to get these things. Right. And he's got all of like. Oh, yeah. Got- the stockade. Let's talk about how many times they said the word stockade. In stockade. This episode. <laughs> they said the wo- There's was, the stockade. It was like they had a, a quota for how many times they had to say the word stockade in this episode. They put yes. Betty in the stockade. We haven't even talked about how Betty's the harlot of Babylon. This is what we're getting to. It's the Thank harlot you. of Babylon, baby. This is one of those now- episodes where you just keep remembering as you're talking how many times that there's more. Well, right before we started, I completely forgot about Nana Rose being set on fire. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, yeah, Dana Rose got set on fucking fire. <laughs> Yikes. Now, the harlot of Babylon, an apocalyptic malevolent figure and one of several incarnations of evil that plagues the world during the apocalypse. In a past episode, didn't remember this, thank Christ there was a flashback that, I'm um, sorry, thank Archie, please, <laughs> that there was a flashback that TBK refers to Betty as the harlot of Babylon. Oh, God, I'm having all of these, these things happen in my brain now. Are they thoughts? Yes, they are, and don't be scared <laughs> of them, Jackie. Harlot, so he, so TBK calls her the harlot of Babylon. No, Percival can't be TBK. I'm just wondering now, what does T- uh, does TBK have? Some, because we were talking about, like, we don't even know who TBK is. That that was never tied up at the end. Yeah. We know that TBK is dead. But TBK was also telling Betty that she is, like, 
the harbinger of evil for the apocalypse and that she's evil too. Yeah. That maybe Percival and TBK have something to do with each other because now he's got the stockade and the stockade is for the harlot of Babylon. And now Betty knows that because Kevin told her. Right. Wow. You know, I have never once thought of a connection between TBK and Percival because they've never made one. But... That would make sense because the the harlot of Babylon thing did not make any sense. A, she's not even the biggest harlot in town. B, like, we've never heard TBK say anything biblical to her, have we? I don't remember. I, don't remember I know either. that it was always creepy, though. It was always creepy and like Silence of the Lambsy, but I didn't think it was biblical. But in this episode, at seemed like they were trying to be like, yeah, you've always been this biblical, though TBK always had this biblical thing with you, the harlot of Babylon. The harlot, man, oh, weird. I just, I'm now like going down, I have to stop because I'm in the middle of recording something and stop (laughs) reading about the harlot of Babylon, but I just clicked this thing explaining about the harlot of Babylon with the picture of Beyonce at the top of it. (laughs) Slow your fucking roll, (laughs) truthunedited.com. I don't know if I, I don't think that, you tried to say that Beyonce is the harlot of Babylon, but I digress. Uh, This is a whole other. (laughs) Wait, wait, if, let's, Let's play this out, though. I know that we have a a million other plot points to talk about, but if Percival, why would they not tell us who have the TBK reveal last week unless there's something else that they're holding up their sleeve? If, but if it was Percival, then Betty, like Betty knows, right? Betty has now seen TBK's face. So it's not like it could have been Percival and he died, but he's a demon or a fucking warlock or whatever and he came back to life. But like, could Percival, oh, this is so unsatisfying because you know there's not gonna be a satisfying answer. No, and also, honestly, the more I read about the harlot of Babylon, why isn't Cheryl the harlot of Babylon? Exactly. Extremely wealthy, dressed in purple and scarlet, sitting on top of like a scarlet beast. Yeah. Why isn't she the harlot of Babylon? I was like, Betty has no reason to be- Yeah, there's no reason why Betty would be the harlot of Babylon. Anyway, sorry. I don't, and I also don't think it's Beyonce. Truthunedited.com. I don't agree with you. So now she's all pissed off. Betty's all pissed off. Goes to Percival and is like, what the fuck, Percival? Oh, you're going to put me in your stockade? Oh, you want me, the harlot of Babylon, to go into your stockade? Go ahead. Put me in your stockade. And what ends up happening? Witch! Witch! Now, this part, I like this. That was I fun. want yeah. more of it. Yes. The witches show up behind her. But what I don't understand is that they also, ooh, I don't know, I want to say winnowing, but winnowing is from my fairy fuck book. They, like, show up, right, inside of the curiosity shop. And so do Tabitha and Veronica. And Tabitha holds a gun to Percival's head and they put him in the stockade because they're like, oh, we can't kill him, but we have to keep him here. Right. So we're going to put him in the stockade so he can't get out. But also, why haven't we been using violence against Percival already? Yes. If he's going to do something with a gun to his head, I'm not saying that I agree with violence, but in the world where someone is putting plagues on everything, kill him. 
Yeah. Maybe we should kill him. No, and don't, and, and especially, right, especially after an extremely satisfying capture of him, which was using the little invisibility spell, because they were like, oh, well, he'll see us coming. And, and then they were like, what if he didn't? And that was really fun. And then they all like used invisibility and they surrounded him. And then they all appeared. Oh, that's right. Because she also showed up, that's right, holding the big fake baby. Uh, Betty shows up being like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I've got you, baby Anthony. You wanted baby Anthony. Here he is. And I was like, that's the size of a coffin. What, like, <laughs> who would ever in their right mind think that that's a baby? Never wrap a baby that that in that many blankets. They don't. No, they don't need that many blankets. Pretty sure the baby would die. In there. <laughs> this is all while the wedding is going on. By the way, like all of this is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, there's a wedding and love saves all. I know. And then Veronica singing "Ladies Who Lunch." Like, who gives a shit, Veronica? There's kind of a couple of things going on. Well, but don't capture your fucking. Again, we don't know what the fuck he is, whether he's God, the devil, a demon, a fallen angel, or a warlock, but don't capture him, put him in the stockade, and then just walk away as if he's not going to be able to get out. You guys know that he has some biblical magic here. He's going to get himself out of the stockade. Yeah, of course he is. And how is he going to get himself out of the stockade? Oh, he's going to talk to the locusts. <laughs> he had a conversation. He literally has a conversation via locust with all of the, like, the pestilent side of the plagues. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. Before you go and go get everybody, you little locust, can you gnaw me out of this stockade? And they do. And also, it's like, didn't you need that stockade? Where are you going to hold the harlot of Babylon? So you just had these locusts just eat through the stockade. That's a which good point. I don't know if that would happen that quickly. Um, I, But yeah, you don't. Why would you leave him alone in the room with all of his magic things? I mean, if, he, if he can, if he has enough magic to reverse a fire spell that is targeting him and make it target Nana Rose when he's not even in the same space as her. Why would you think a stockade can hold him? Dunno. Don't know. I have no idea. I was like, where are all y'all's heads? Is it because you really think love is going to save the day? Because I tell you what, <laughs> love isn't going to save the day. Not today. That's for damn sure. So she didn't hand over baby Anthony. He's in the stockade. He gets out of the stockade. Of course, he's going to do more plagues we didn't even talk about the weird Jughead subplot. I know. We need to talk about Jughead. And then we need to talk about this on. horrific culmination of the plague thing, which I'm like not looking forward to talking oh, about. Oh, we're going to talk about it. But yeah, so Jughead's in the bunker, but he's having a great time because his, his, he, his writer's block is gone because he is listening to the voices in his head that he can't drown out after... Percival broke his like brain door, right? Yeah. And so he just keeps hearing um all these, you know, he's what happened after Percival broke the brain door is he's like, oh, it's so overwhelming. But now he's like, I just listened to the stories and I am writing them down and they're turning out to be great stories. Like, okay, fine. But then something else happens right before that terrible scene, which is that. Jughead, well, a couple of things happen, right? Jughead, uh, a, a cheeseburger appears uh, in front of Jughead from Pops. Yes. And he's like, should I eat it? And he's like, no. And then he's like, you know what? Yes. And it's like, dude, don't eat it. Because he's in the fuck bunker. Like, he's been in the fuck bunker alone 
for, I guess, at this point, weeks. Right. And so I guess somebody must be delivering him food. So maybe it's not that unreasonable that he ate it. But also, like, he pretty clearly knew that was like a magic poison cheeseburger. It was magic cheeseburger. But he ate it. And then he starts feeling sick. And then at first, it's just like normal sick. But then he goes to bed and hallucinates another version of himself. So this was after, though, you got to remember, La Llorona had yes. already come through and stole his story. Now, I did. I was like, who's that? And Jeff's like, Jackie, it's La Llorona. I was like, oh, From oh. So what he's doing is that this is where the veil is the thinnest between Riverdale and Rivervale. So uh, I'm going to assume that he was writing the stories of Rivervale and that they were uh, coming and taking the stories because these like entities kept coming and mining his content. Uh-huh. And he said, I keep writing and the, si- like, the voices go away when I write, which uh-huh. is very Jack Torrance of him. And so... The more he writes, the more the voices subside. But now we know that the voices that are in his head are most likely coming from River Vale. But I will say that makes no sense when it comes to his powers previously. But we're not going to think about that. We're just going to think that maybe this whole time he's just been hearing other worlds Mm -hmm. rather than the current reality that he is living in. So in the end, when he sees himself... It is himself from River Vale. Ah. So I guess that that means that we're finally like the River Vale, River Dale are going to intertwine. So and what come was to with the head. cheeseburger then? What did the cheeseburger do to it? I guess it was a portal I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if it has something to do with maybe Pops being the tether back to reality, and maybe and it was a Pops cheeseburger specifically. Uh-huh. So maybe it's a. But again, sometimes I, I'm you know. I'm a literature major. I'm a double major literature major. So I look for these things. Yes, you see. So I don't know. I don't know if that's what it means or if he's just a little fatty and loves Bob's cheeseburgers. I don't know. Portal burger. <laughs> I, okay, so that helps because I was like, oh, La Llorona, you're from Rivervale. Oh, we're fine. Because then Cheryl comes in, remember, too, with the knife and then puts the knife in his stomach, like fake Cheryl, but like Cheryl from Rivervale. Right. Okay. All right. And they keeps taking his stories and then he sees, and then there's a, uh, there's a bottle with a note in it and the note says keep writing so he then has to keep writing he's just in this bunker I wonder too if like Cole Sprouse is like I'll do the rest of the season but I literally don't want to talk to anyone else Yeah, and I make enough money now that I don't want to talk to anybody else this and I'm going to be down here in this bunker totally goes with that blind that Holden gave us about how or no it wasn't a blind it was a conspiracy th- theory which was it uh, from a listener, maybe, about how Lily Reinhardt and Cole Sprouse can't be in scenes together? I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. That, I mean, I would, I could see that, that maybe they just have to be separate from each other. And they're like, I don't know. 
Uh, make him go crazy in the fuck bunker. Put him in, a bunker. Put him in the fuck bunker. He's Cole yeah, Sprouse. He, he hates everybody. Put him in the bunker. Put him in the bunker. Let him right down there in the bunker all alone. And that's what he gets to do while the world is ending upstairs because at Tony and Fangs' reception, which seems to be a week after the wedding happened, <laughs> because they're all like, so bet- what you're telling me is between the wedding and the reception, they did everything that we've been talking about they did <laughs> between the wedding and the reception, by the way, because the end of the episode is the reception and they're all dressed up and Kevin, right? Sings yeah. a song. Is this when he sings Kevin a song? Sings I don't a song even... And neither of us can remember what he sings. Can't remember. It was like my wedding playlist. Yeah. That's what it was. And I tried, I put in wedding playlist, Kevin Riverdale trying to find the song. And then, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I stopped trying. Yeah, I didn't care that much. Your thing. It was like play this song at your wedding. Yes, it's it brings love. It brings love. If you play it, it'll be love. Yeah, yeah. And Painful. I was like, okay. I guess they were trying to make love happen and make love be the savior, but love doesn't win out overall because. Percival uses the locust to break out of the stockade for the harlot of Babylon. He immediately goes right to Nana Rose, who is all bandaged up in Thornhill, which also, they gotta get better security in this place. I know. Then he goes inside and kills Nana Rose. Extremely upsetting. I'm, she, I can only hope that, like, I'm thinking that they're about to reverse this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna assume she comes back. Yeah, she better and not then be he, dead uses her body to release the final plague, which is the killing of all of the firstborns. So he, uh, it was a very upsetting murder scene. Extremely upsetting. It had very, I keep kept thinking like, why am I so upset by this? What does it remind me of? And it reminds me of this, of the extremely upsetting why the last man scenes where everybody oh starts my da- God. like so oh. upsetting. And oh. so every first Archie collapses and then everyone in the wedding reception, who's the firstborn just starts fucking dying and yeah. it is so sad and scary until until when everyone who didn't die is sitting around afterwards with all the corpses and when Betty and Veronica figure out Oh my God! My I God, have an older sister, borns. and then oh my God, Veronica goes. Hermosa was born before me, and everyone slowly realizes it's the firstborn. Which is like again, you guys, you if you had looked up what the ten plagues just are, look up what the plagues are. Once they look all start the happening, are. you have to, and they had literally just talked about it. there's going to be a killing of the firstborn, and I think yes. that they thought it would just be Anthony, because baby Anthony, because he's the firstborn, but no, he doesn't die. It's everyone else. Else who is a firstborn who died. Yes, and including Nana Rose, who was the oldest living firstborn child in Riverdale, which is why Percival used her body to bring the plague upon the town. My question to you is, does when did Kevin have an older sibling? I was like, why is Kevin yeah. still alive? There, I had a lot of questions because it was like, they, as much as they went around, they're like, and me, I also have an older sibling. There were other people that I was like, wait a second. Do you? Yeah. Wait a second. I don't know. Like, I've like I feel like that was a very, um, a choosy way of, uh, of like, oh, who do we want to die? Of course, Archie dies and, um. Everybody's upset at this reception. Oh, whatever. Talk about a bad way. I hope that doesn't happen to my reception. 
But of course, what does Heather say? I believe I know someone who can help us. A necromancer. Far beyond my abilities. Her name is Sabrina. Sabrina. I think I hate it. I think I, I was so excited at first for the witches crossover. And it's been, again, I hate to keep using the word slog, <laughs> but it's been such a slog to get here that I'm like, just bring her in and fucking bring everybody back to life. All right, fine. Oh, yes, we get it. Bring her back to life. Bring everybody back to life. And wait a minute. Didn't Sabrina already come to Riverdale? Yes. <laughs> so it's not even that big a reveal. Like, it's not even like, like get one of the or get one of the teachers. Like, bring one of the teachers from Greendale. I think that would be awesome. I don't want another 16-year-old coming in. And I know that she's very talented. I'm not saying that she's not. But like... Uh, why? Why? But this is, again, we've already done this. We had like a whole Sabrina detour like yes. last season, right? When she, she said it like it's a mic drop and I'm like, yes, it's not a mic drop. Yes, yes. It was like, and I actually forgot that we've already had Sabrina come. Yes. And, hel- and she did the whole, she did the whole Abigail Blossom, Nana Rose switcheroo, didn't she? Yes. So like what, like, yeah, figure out what your, which plot is. I don't know. Riverdale? Yeah. Is it Sabrina? Is it Heather? Was it Sabrina? Is it Percival? Is it like, is it is like, it where, where, what, what are we doing here? What are we, what's going on here? And then Tabitha's like, oh my God, Jughead, who's, who's also a firstborn and was also seen by us dying just a few yes. short minutes ago. And so those are the two mic drops Sabrina and Jughead. And that's it. And then it. that's it. But I mean, I will say, it was. I'm not mad at the episode. <laughs> I was going to say, despite all the yelling we've done, we both liked this episode. Like the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I did like I this did episode. I did enjoy it. I enjoyed this episode. This is what it's like to watch Riverdale. Like even a very good, a pretty good episode will leave you just furious. Yeah, and I mean that's it's the beauty of it's the story of Riverdale. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on this episode of Riverdale Roundup, um, and uh, we've officially spoken longer than the actual show is without commercials <laughs> and that is what we're here to do you know technically save you time but not save you time and i appreciate y'all for hanging out with us every week as we get to scream about <laughs> this show i can't believe this we get to scream about the show and um well now we know there wasn't just two more episodes left so pretty sure we're going in we're going into ot here and uh they are just stretching it out this, we said this last night, Riverdale, I think, should be 10 or 12 episodes a season. Yes. And I think it would be mint. Yes. Yes. It needs to There's edit There's just too itself. much to fill. Edit itself. Yes. It's and also it should much. have ended three to four seasons ago. But Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Them's fighting words in this town. Except for Rivervale, which we love. Oh, love Rivervale. And I can't wait for the crossover. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope you guys are too. We will be back next week. I think so. I think. And I love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.